Hello. Okay. My name is Julia, and this is the Media Podcast, where I talk about medicine in the context of media. And today, I'm so excited to be joined by my best friend, Sabrina. Sabrina, please introduce yourself. Hello. I just want to say that I've had a lot of podcasts reach out to me for interviews, but you're my first podcast that I wanted to do an interview on. So, Well, it is an honor to have you here. Do you want to give a brief just like who you are, what you do? What's your deal? Who am I? Yeah, such a complex question. I am 26 years old. Don't tell anybody that. I'm from New York. Originally grew up on Long Island. And I work in the music industry. I have been a talent manager um, for about three years. And then I recently started my own creative agency and I do creative directing and directing for music videos, content creation and production. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And I'm a dog mom. Slay, who's your dog? His name is Buddy. Okay, great. Um, and I just would like to add that Sabrina's boyfriend named Buddy Buddy so that when people saw him on the streets, they'd say, hey, Buddy, and then ask his name, and then he could say Buddy. And I like that about him. Yep. A joke only for himself. <laughs> okay. So today we are talking about Ozempic, which is a GLP-1 agonist. So we will be talking about medications of that class. Sabrina is a user of this medication, but she was uh, – doing it before it was cool. So we have a lot of fun questions for her. For those who are not familiar with this medication, drugs like Ozempic, Wagovi are brand names for a medication called semaglutide. And anything that ends in TIDE, T-I-D-E, means that is from the medication class GLP-1 agonist. So these drugs have been on the market for a while. They were first approved in 2005 for the treatment of type 2 diabetes. And they work by mimicking a hormone called GLP-1 that occurs in your body. So agonist means that it acts on the receptors for something that naturally occurs in the body. In this case, it's GLP-1. So GLP-1 is released from our intestines when we eat. It causes increased release of insulin and it affects the way we metabolize glucose or the way our body uses sugar. And so that's why it can be very helpful in diabetes management when people don't respond appropriately to insulin. So that is the first initial purpose for the medication. And a lot of people's critique about this medication on social media is that it is a diabetes drug that people are using inappropriately for weight loss. But when people started taking this drug for diabetes, very profound weight loss was noted initially as a side effect. And then it was found to be due to, in addition to the effects on insulin and glucose, this medication causes something called delayed gastric emptying. So basically it slows the rate that your food passes from your stomach to your intestines. And by keeping it in your stomach longer, it can send cues to your brain to say that you're full without requiring as much food. And so by delaying gastric emptying, it kind of suppresses your appetite and decreases your food intake and causes weight loss. And so this medication First, causing weight loss in people with diabetes has since been found to have a really positive effect on people with overweight and obesity without diabetes. And so since 
that was found as a side effect. Upon further research, it's since been approved by the FDA for weight loss without diabetes. But this is not approved for weight loss in everybody. So per the recommendations, it is for people with obesity, which is a body mass index or BMI of 30 or greater, or people with overweight, which is a body mass index of 27 or greater, and another what's called a comorbid condition, so something else occurring at the same time that is thought to be related to weight. So if you have obesity or if you have overweight and a condition like hypertension or high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, um, fatty liver disease, and things like that. And per the recommendations, this drug should be used in addition to lifestyle changes, so healthy diet and exercise. It shouldn't be used just on its own. So given all of that, per the recommendations, a lot of people are eligible. About two-thirds of U.S. adults have overweight or obesity, and people love to kind of shame people who can't achieve weight loss on their own, but there's a lot of things that influence weight beyond just diet and exercise, and I'll talk about that in a separate episode. Um, But yeah, this drug can be super helpful for a lot of people. So now with that background, we're going to talk about Sabrina's experience on Izemphic. And I knew you before you were on this medication. And just like I was saying, it should be used alongside kind of healthy habits. And you, I feel like, have always had a very healthy lifestyle. You always kind of ate well in college. And I'm not saying you need to be on a diet like this. In order to lose weight, there's lots of different ways healthy diets can look. But like, I never saw you eat carbs at all, except maybe occasionally like skinny pop. Otherwise, like very protein, vegetable heavy diet. You always like exercise, took care of yourself. I mean, most as well as a college student could, you know, there's whatever <laughs> other habits. But besides like... Yeah, but in terms of diet and exercise, you always did like as best as anyone could, truly. Um, and so, can you talk about what that was like to like be working so hard, doing exactly what is expected for someone to be trying to lose weight and not being able to, you know, get the results you wanted at that time? Yeah, hundred percent. I started struggling with my weight when I turned thirteen. Um, it really all started for me when I got my period. And I went to dozens of doctors and, you know, a lot of them thought I had PCOS, which I didn't have, but I started dieting at like 13 and and not scary dieting, like with the help of my mom, like figuring out like an appropriate diet and I kept gaining weight and it didn't matter how much I dieted, how much I went to the gym, like I kept gaining weight and I struggled with this up until I was 20 years old, when I found an endocrinologist that kind of explained to me what was going on with my body. And essentially, at that point, I was like my heaviest, I weighed about 200 pounds. And she kind of explained to me that some people's bodies just prefer to function at a higher weight, like my body's resting state is a higher weight than the average person. And that's just what my body prefers. So it wasn't anything I was doing wrong necessarily. And at that point, I had been dieting crazy, you know, not giving myself any lacks to, you know, have a sweet treat or cheat day or any of that stuff, because it was really affecting my mental health as well. Um, So at this point, my doctor put me on uh, a medication called Saxenda which is also a medication that they use to treat diabetes patients. 
and um it worked for a while and eventually stopped working um after that i went and tried a, a medication called ribelsis which again like worked for a while stopped working and then finally she put me on a medication called semaglutide um which i didn't even know it like i remember a friend being like oh yeah you're taking ozempic and i was like no i'm not taking ozempic i'm taking semaglutide like i didn't even know like i started it way before like the conversation of ozempic even like started um and all like the lashback it got so that medication honestly changed my life like i'm so grateful for it um it's definitely a very strong medication um you know there was a point and, and just for reference now like i weigh about 130 pounds and i'm five seven so um i definitely cut back on how much I take the medication because it is such a strong medication. I know there were points in time where I even thought I looked too thin um, and I couldn't even put food in my mouth. You know, I'd be at dinner with my family and they're like, why aren't you eating? Like, you must have an eating disorder. And I'm like, no, I swear I don't. I just like, if I put this food in my mouth, I'm going to feel sick. Um, So I definitely think there's a balance to taking it. Being at that maximum dosage was just like too much for me. Um, So I scaled back and I try to take it like every two weeks now that I'm in like a comfortable place with my weight. But yeah, that's, I think that answers the first question. Yeah, no, that was great. And I think you touched on a lot of things there that I will have follow-up questions about. Yeah. And I think you are in a, almost like a unique position because I mean, people will look at you now, like you said, like you're at 130 pounds. You, I mean, I think you looked amazing always, but you look amazing now. And a lot of people would say like, like you're someone who doesn't need it, but I think, so first off, you're taking like more of a maintenance dose. And so that's like when people say coming off, a lot of people see themselves gain that weight back really quickly. And so one way to avoid that is what's called more of a maintenance dose. So either taking it less frequently than before. So some people go from weekly to biweekly or monthly or lowering the dose. Um, And I also think that when I say you're in a unique position, it's because the average amount of people lose based on Ozempic is like 10% of their body weight, which for some people can really have a positive influence and be really significant in terms of their health and their then ability to like exercise and whatever. But if you had lost 10% of your body weight, that would have brought you to like 180 pounds. Most people, I think, don't lose nearly as much weight as you did. And I think that just shows how, again, the medication is different for everyone, but how it is supposed to work with diet and exercise. So you did all of the appropriate lifestyle things even before this medication. But then when you took this medication, I think that's why your weight loss was so much more profound than people who, you know, will just take this medication and then eat their same diet, still have a pretty sedentary life and not really be making other changes to their life beyond starting this medication. Yeah, no, I definitely follow a very strict diet and workout schedule. Um, you know, obviously nothing in life can be a hundred percent all the time. Life, you know, fluctuates. What I will say is I don't, I'm not a heavy alcohol consumer. Um, when I was taking medications like ribelsis, which is also used for weight loss, um, it was a period of my, it was my senior year of college. I was drinking a lot. I definitely was very heavy. Like just taking this medication isn't going to fix all your problems. You also have to do the work. Before, too, when you touched on, like, eating less, you said that, you know, your family would, like, maybe speculate that you had an eating disorder or you brought that up. And I actually saw a TikTok just yesterday of, like, a real housewife 
calling Ozempic an eating disorder. And she's a very thin woman. And she's like, this reminds me of my eating disorder because you're suppressing what you're eating. And so I just want to say, like, that woman was not somebody who this medication is indicated for. She's, like, a very thin woman. And I think, yeah, if you're already very thin and you start this medication with the intent to be, like, as thin as humanly possible, I think that is probably disordered, especially if you're eating a healthy amount to begin with and you just want to be eating nothing at all. I think that's where it becomes problematic. But I also really want to want to add that, like, and I don't think, again, like, I've known you before and Sabrina and I live together. So we were together, like, beyond that. Like, actually, we were together 24-7. Sometimes we would, like, break for class if we had to. But, like, we were together all the time. But we definitely spent enough time together to know, like, our bad habits or, like, what we were doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, and we, we ate every meal together. So, like, I know that, like, your issue to begin with wasn't necessarily overeating. But I do want to say that a lot of people, once they already – do you have overweight or obesity, it can definitely affect your hunger cues. And so like most people, as much as like other people who shame people that can't lose weight, act like it's like a moral failure or like a failure in willpower or something like that. Most of these people, like they don't respond to the same like hunger and satiety cues as someone else. And so it's difficult to regulate how much you're eating when you're not feeling full because usually there's a signal to your brain telling you you're full some people with obesity like they don't get this cue at all and so I just wanted to point that out too so like when saying suppressing your appetite is like calling that alone an eating disorder it's not necessarily true because some people don't have the same kind of appetite cues when I was heavier I was struggling with so many things like in like it was like an undying hunger that like could not be fed but this medication really helped me with that good Good. You did touch a little bit on side effects that are kind of dose dependent. Like when you said you were taking more, it like made you feel kind of sick or something to eat. Some of the side effects with this medication are things like nausea, vomiting, constipation, diarrhea, abdominal pain in general, fatigue, gastric reflux. And then there's severe complications too, like pancreatitis and bowel obstruction. And so a lot of people... And I'm glad you touched on this too. Like a lot of people will say that they eat less because they feel fuller sooner, which like is the point of the medication. But there are some people who eat less because they're simply nauseous all the time and they can't stomach any food, which is like is not the goal at all. Like people should not be feeling too sick to eat anything ever. Um, And so that is – well, that brings me to kind of another point on why it's like important to work with a doctor on this. But just like on the topic of side effects, um, were there any negative – side effects that you had when starting this medication or throughout taking it honestly the only thing was constipation um but I've also like struggled with that on and off my whole life too so I don't want to say it's particularly from the medication the nausea I didn't really experience much of I know other people that have um but it typically goes away after like the first month um this medication, out of all the medications I've taken, like I remember when I started taking Sexenda, which is also an injection, I had such horrible acid reflux. It felt like I was throwing up like fire. Sorry if that's like so graphic, but this medication I had none of that with. And I don't know if it was just because I had taken all those other medications and my body was just like immune at this point, but I didn't really have a lot of um, bad side effects when I started taking it. Yeah, I'm glad. And yeah, I'm glad you mentioned too that like your nausea went away in a month because 
that's often the case, but other times, and of course it depends on like the degree of nausea. Like if you just have some nausea, sometimes we'll recommend that patients keep taking it for like a month to kind of get over that initial hump. I have other patients that have like, who I've seen in clinic who are like vomiting multiple times a day. And like, that's not a tolerable side effect. That's one where like, then you should be adjusting the dose or thinking of maybe even other medication options. On that note too, something that, um, one critique I do have this with this medication is like how just how easy it's become to get. And a lot of people are just ordering it online. You can get it like e-prescribed pretty easily. Weight Watchers recently partnered up with like a telehealth company and you can put on your info into the Weight Watchers app and get a subscription and you can get Ozempic as a part of it. Um, That's crazy. And so it's crazy. Like people really can just like get this quite easily online, especially if you do want to pay out of pocket with like in which case it could be over a thousand dollars a month. But I bring that up to say, like, if you're having these side effects and you don't have the oversight of a professional, like you don't know what's normal to feel and what's not. And like, like I said, sometimes it's like dependent on the dose and sometimes it's just like the wrong medication for you and that's fine. But like, that is why you need to be like working closely with a professional if you're taking a medication like this. It's funny because I actually saw an Instagram ad the other day also being like, click here if you want to buy Ozempic. Yeah, I get those all the time. So crazy. I've been having experienced how strong the medication is. Like it, it's just yes. We all want like that magic weight weight loss pill. Like for years and years, everyone's like, you can't just take a pill. And, I mean, how many times were people like, I wish I could just take a pill and like this would all be solved. And like this basically does that. Um, but it can be dangerous. Like, and it's like if you're not eating enough, like there was a point in time where like I would stand up and I would get so lightheaded because I just, I don't think I had enough food in me. So yeah, it's definitely scary. Like it shouldn't be played with. Like even I have friends that are like taking like herbs or like vitamins that are supposed to be like Ozempic. And it's like, I don't know, what are you really putting into your body? Even now, like I love it and I'm so grateful for it because it's changed my life. And like, I remember when my mom came to the gynecologist with me like two years ago, she was talking to him about it and she was like, oh, I don't know, like, is this really safe? Is this good for her to be on medication forever? And his rebuttal was, it's about quality of life, you know? So it's like, it has changed my quality of life immensely and I'm so grateful for it. But there are times when I'm taking the medication, and I'm like, oh, well, like, I hope this doesn't affect me in the future. Or, like, you know, what if it affects my ability to have kids or like, stuff that we might not even know about so like you know when you think about it that way it is still a little scary like it's so I it's helped me so much and like I know I needed it you know but if you don't need it like you don't need to put yourself in that position totally yeah I agree I think people taking it who don't need it I mean it is a slippery slope like obviously this goes without saying when we talk about like beauty standards but obviously it makes that kind of more and more unrealistic and I think that's too why people don't realize how this medication usually works because like we said like people typically lose like 10% of their body weight which looks very different on someone that weighs 200 pounds versus someone that weighs 120 pounds you know like it looks a lot more dramatic on these thin people who are getting a lot thinner and yeah there's long-term effects that we don't know yet and there's side effects that we talked about so things like nausea and lightheadedness which are not great but are probably tolerable but there's also like I said things like pancreatitis bowel obstruction things that are really severe that could land you in a hospital and I think for people with all the health benefits of this medication I think for people who need it it's kind of the pros outweigh the cons but 
if you're like a healthy thin person and just want to be thinner then I don't think yeah any benefit here there's there is no real benefit here besides that like aesthetic goal and then like obviously that I think if you're already healthy outweighs the cons and I do just want to say too because we already talked about kind of your habits and what your doctor had said like maybe your body just prefers a higher set point so I do want to say that like there's a lot of debate over like health at any size and what exactly that means. I think you like lived a very healthy lifestyle and I think you probably were healthy even at that higher weight. Essentially, I was pre-diabetic. Like my doctor told me like if you gain any more weight, you're getting diabetes. So, you know, that was a factor of it. And I just didn't feel I felt so uncomfortable in my own body. Like I I was having trouble breathing just like laying down at night. And it's funny because I told my when I talk to my friends about it, they're always like, wow, we never looked at you and thought you weighed 200 pounds. And I'm like, great that you never thought that, you know, and it's not about I've never been like a scale person, but it was more so like I felt like I had so much like shoved into my body frame in terms of like mass that it was like I couldn't even breathe. Like I would literally be like gasping for air laying down and I was going to the gym all the time. I had trainers like so it really was just like. A quality of life thing totally yeah I'm glad that you bring that up because I mean yeah I don't think anyone needs to like look a certain way or whatever to be healthy or to feel good about themselves like if people do you know feel confident and comfortable and like at their best at a higher weight and they're still like living a healthy lifestyle then like I think that's fantastic but there are other physical things that we don't always think about just like yeah general comfort and I'm sure now like you've always been an active person. You've always liked to exercise. I can imagine that it's a lot easier now than it had been then. Like you're probably a lot more comfortable being active and doing things. And I mean, that stuff is important too. I think, yeah, everybody's relationship with their body, relationship with their weight is different. And I think just like accepting that like people can make their own choices and that's fine and fair. And I think, yeah, whatever your reason is for wanting to lose weight, I mean, is your reason. Even the people who are thin and taking this medication, while I don't at all, endorse that and I don't think that's good or healthy I think you know there's other things going on mentally like for you to already be like very thin and to take this medication because you feel like you need it I mean those are not like that's not a healthy mindset but then again like there are like these societal pressures there are so many other influences on that so just like I mean this is more just like a commentary on like everybody who like seems to have a thought about what people do and don't do about their weight or what medication they do or don't take I mean it's just like really like no one's place to judge what you choose to do with your body, but it should always be like a conscious decision that you make with a healthcare provider. It shouldn't be like experimenting with medications or doing these things when they're not indicated. Yeah. I think, I mean, you know, we could talk about body weight and expectation from society for hours and hours. I think like the overall goal or theme should always just be like, what's healthiest for you. What's going to make you feel your best. I grew up, um, you know, the school I went to, the area I'm from, everyone was very thin and everyone looked the same. There was no diversity in the bodies that I saw at school. And I was really the only heavier set person. So that obviously, you know, affected what I wanted for myself. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, I just feel healthier now and I feel better now. But growing up and like being around that and being the way I was obviously affected what I wanted for myself and how I saw myself, which then, you know, it affects everything. So my mental health was horrible. 
you know, I didn't feel healthy physically. I was definitely depressed and I felt like not in control of my body. So, you know, these medications are a gift to those who need it. So when you first started using these medications to lose weight, you kind of touched on that. But did you ever feel any kind of shame for using a medication? Honestly, yes. Like when I first started taking uh, semaglutide, um, it was a period of time where my boyfriend was staying with me more frequently. Um, I definitely would like wait till he was gone to take the medication. Part of me like didn't want him to think that like this wasn't me or that it wasn't real or natural, Um, which now I'm like very vocal about it. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't know. Like some, I, I'm a very open book. I'm sure there are people that are like more quiet about it. I could see how somebody would be quiet about it. I mean, something that's different now than when you first started is there's so many people online explicitly trying to shame people who are taking this medication. And so that wasn't really the case when you started. And do you think, I mean, when you see those things now, I feel like you've had the outcome you've wanted Do those comments ever bother you? And do you think that if you had started the medication now versus five years ago or whatever it was, do you think kind of that outside influence would would have made it harder? Honestly, no. Like nothing was going to stand in between me and like getting my goal weight. Like I think for me, like I said, like the big picture here is like quality of life. So it doesn't matter because like at the end of the day, I'm going to look the way I'm going to look great and I'm going to be happy. Would I, like, I'm somebody who likes to play around and, like, post funny things on TikTok. Have I posted about Ozempic or, like, would I or, like, the fact that I take it? Probably not. I don't know why, but, like, I don't feel like I would want to talk about it, even though, like, I have no problem talking about it here. Probably just because everyone has something, like, negative to say. I think the problem is that, like, so many celebrities are taking it and people that can afford to just buy it. So it's, you know, it has a negative stigma. I pay 250 bucks a month for the medication, which for me, I think is like pretty good as opposed to some people that are paying like thousands of dollars for it. When I first started taking it, it was because my um, insurance no longer like would cover ribelsis, which is the medication I was on previously. And that medication would have been like a thousand dollars to buy it by the bottle. So my doctor was like, there's this new medication that we're giving people that's working wonders. Like, do you want to try it? And this was um, last October of 2022. So last October. And I was like, sure. I had already done injections before when I was taking Saxenda. This one's nice because I only do an injection once a week. Um, When I was taking Saxenda, it was every day. So that's nice. The injection part, it never gets easier. It's still, like, a little scary to inject yourself and, like, a little uncomfortable. But, yeah, I don't I don't feel badly about the things people say. Good. Because, like... No, it's for you. I need... Yeah. 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 No, totally. I mean, and I think that's great. I hope that everybody who needs this medication and takes it feels the same way. I know it's not always the case. But, yeah, someone... I mean, like you said, too, someone will always have something to say, especially now online like everyone's got lots to say and so doing it for the right reasons doing it for yourself and to feel your best and like tune them out as you should and then you also mentioned how much you're paying for this and that that previous medication stopped being covered by insurance so one problem that has also come up with Ozempic especially when it first kind of like popped off online people were talking about 
difficulty getting the medication, people who had been on it and needed it. Um, and something else that I've seen in like clinical practice is that with the increase in prescriptions and so many people getting it, a lot of insurance agencies that previously covered Ozempic will either stop covering it completely or they'll modify the criteria to cover it, which is really hard because obesity in general, we know like specifically affects people with lower socioeconomic status the most. And so when this medication, you know, I think the increase in use, again, lots of people are eligible and a lot of people are seeing the value in it. And that's a lot of the reason why. And I think a lot of people blame people misusing it for kind of that increase in prescriptions and the like limited availability. I think it's, I want to like blame them too and say like, this is a huge problem because of them. But also like, I know realistically, and this is hard to understand when you just see online, like all these thin people losing all this weight, but like that really is such a small percentage of the people actually using this medication. So it's like, it's just, yeah, more complicated than that. I know earlier in 2023, there was a shortage that affected like patients that I see that weren't able to get it. And they had to like run around to multiple pharmacies and try to find a place that could even give them the medication. I think that that's gotten a lot better as, you know, production eventually meets demand. I do think the problem with insurance coverage has just gotten worse, unfortunately. And so now it's hard because, like I said, we're seeing this benefit. Doctors want to prescribe it more when they see how well other people do. And now it's just like very much limited by insurance, which sucks. But that's just American medicine, baby. Um, Is there anything else you would like to add? Everyone wants to find negative things to say about this medication because it's like there's no way it's just that easy. And I'm not saying that, you know, it there it's perfect and everyone should use it. Like I said, like if you don't need it and you just don't want to put the work in, like you, the cheating doesn't exist. Um, but, you know, for some people it's about quality of life and it's like it can change like how you live, like you know, I struggled with mental health and like self-confidence for like most of my life. So this medication, you know, like changed my life in the most positive way. Perfect. And yeah, I also just like that you said, like this medication is not for everyone. A lot of the stuff you see on social media besides everyone's commentary is people who do try the drug and either say things similar to like what you're saying, like this is the best thing ever, but people are like, this is amazing. Everyone should try it. Or people will say like, I have these side effects. This drug is terrible. Don't touch it. Like people like will kind of generalize their experience to everyone. And so I just also want to make the point that like no medication is one size fits all. Like this is not going to feel the same to everyone that tries it. It's not going to have the same impact for everyone that tries it. And just because, you know, for if you have a friend or family member or someone on social media that like recommends or says this drug was bad for them, like it's good to know those things and it's good to kind of take stock of how everyone reacts differently, but not to like assume you'll react to it a certain way because of how other people responded to it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's like any medication, like totally. You know, and and there's a ton of different medications out there. I think the most important part, like you were saying, is like finding the right doctor that's going to help you know guide you through all of this. Um, I'm so grateful that I found that doctor because it was like years of different doctors telling me I had PCOS or this problem or that problem. And then, you know, when things got, were really rough, like I remember one doctor suggesting that I get um, staples in my stomach and that was super scary to hear. So 
you know, finding the right doctor that's going to help is like honestly life-changing. And I think that's like the most important thing as well. Yeah. And I think something too, that's like great about that is like, you're saying other doctors were trying to like diagnose certain things that weren't there. And you finally found a doctor that's like, this is just how your body is. And this is how we can optimize that and work with your body. And I think that's important too, because a lot of people, you know, I think we are living in a time where people are especially hostile toward medical providers and have lots of, have lots of thoughts there. And I think a lot of the time when people don't get a diagnosis, like some people will be so thrilled to be like, oh, you're overweight because of PCOS. But sometimes like there's not an underlying diagnosis and some people want to like blame the, blame a physician for that, for not diagnosing them. And, you know, obviously there's always the option that they're missing something, but sometimes, you know, everyone's body just works differently too. And I don't know, like not everything that makes you who you are, like is a disease, you know? Yeah. Just like sometimes like just recognizing who you are and how your body works and looks and feels and like working with that the best you can yeah I think like sometimes you just are sometimes things just are what they are like you don't need to diagnose it you don't need to claim that you have this issue or that issue yeah a hundred percent okay thank you so much for being here Sabrina Sabrina and I um I told this to my friend the other day and he thought I was insane Sabrina and I have been in our our long distance relationship for like six years now and we FaceTime almost every day (laughs) Um, which yeah. which really works for us. It's great. Um, so it's, it's great. great friend. Yeah, no, it's great. So I was just gonna say it was great talking to you, but um, I we're like literally. I talk to you all the time. It's no different. All the time. But yeah, exactly. great. It's fun. <laughs> like I said, out of all the podcasts that have reached out to me, this one really spoke to me. That is, it's truly an honor. Um, and for everyone listening, if anyone's listening. Just a reminder to, like I said, be kind and sensitive to everyone, whatever body they're in and whatever they choose to do with that. It is up to them. And yeah, so just be just be kind to everyone. And yeah, the way you treat people shouldn't be have anything to do with the way their body looks and your judgment on what medications they do or don't want to take or the choices they make. You may agree or disagree, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's none of you. It's really no one else's business. So, anyways, thank you for Sabrina for being here, and everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that this was informative. I hope you learned something, and yeah. Okay. Bye.